When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Oh, yeah. What a surprise. We're not ready. What a surprise. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) What's up, baby? Ready? I don't know what she's talking about. Let's uh-huh. do this. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with my lovely and talented wife, Lisa. What's up, peeps? What's up, everybody? So, welcome. While uh, we mic up here, welcome everybody to the feed. This has been a crazy few days of content for me. Um, massive amounts of record, film, film, record. Um, What's so new, Mr. Excited. Yeah. What is new? Oh, I still want to know what that answer says, but I'm not going to touch it because so we're, we're using his phone today. Theory. Yeah, much um, to my uh, shock, horror, and dismay. But welcome everybody to the feed. Omiyaga, don't know what that means. Thumbs up, smiley faces, and is that kanji? What? I'm not sure what language that is. I'm just going to need to pass my. Can I pass my phone to you guys? All I right. So, I have an IG post uh, story to tell people to follow me. I need to do the whole swipe up thing. I, I think she meant to join us here. All right. So, uh, welcome to Relationship Theory. What's up, Danny G? Hi. How we doing? Marilyn Mosqueda in the house. Victoria Evans with lots of love. Thank you so much. Macy Kinsley. Hello, right back. Carlitos Altamirano. What's up, homie? All right. Let's get to the show. Let's do it. Let's do it. I All love right, that so you're today? saying it like I was holding you no. up. So instead of, in fact, here's relationship lesson number one. The appropriate thing there would have been, oh, bless you, baby. Well done for vamping while I get set up. And now well done, we have the first question. Well done, See? baby, for vamping. And now we have the first question. There you go. All right, let's do it. Um, so we've done something interesting today. So there was a conversation in the league going on about relationship theory and about how you see things and sometimes it doesn't resonate with some of the people and I really wanted to talk about it because I think it's such a part of your personality. Um, But anyway, let's dig in and then we'll elaborate. Okay. All right, let's do it. So so this was the comment from the Impact Theory League that I read that I was like, oh man, we've got to talk about this. This is from Ono N. Northey. Is it me or is Tom Billu's solution to so many relationship theory inquiries to break up? It seems like such a from-the-hip response from him in many cases. I feel without enough information. I think if he was talking to people in person, he would ask a lot more clarifying questions that would result in different advice. But due to the limitation of the format, he jumps the gun. That could have real consequences. So I yes, definitely. Uh, I would ask a lot more questions if I was there with the person for sure. Um, I am not shy or bashful about 
saying if, and I, I like to think, if we played it all back, what we would hear me say is, if you can't overcome X, Y, and Z, then break up. Not like, if you haven't tried anything else, hey, like just break up. But I think one of the biggest problems, and again, I would much rather ask clarifying questions, go way deeper, find out what's really going on. 100%, that'd be way more effective. But what I want to do is make sure that people understand that being in a relationship, if you can't solve the problem, staying in a dysfunctional relationship is a real problem. Is a real problem. And given that I live in this world and I look around and I see how many people are in toxic relationships versus how many people are in relationships that are adding to them, I think it's it is like bordering on pandemic how many people are in a relationship that is taking from them rather than giving them something. So would love to see people be able to work through it and all of that, but there's just a reality to be faced, which is that at some point people get to a relationship or point in their relationship where one of the four horsemen or all of the four horsemen of the apocalypse show up and there was a guy forget the name of the researcher this is very famous it'd be pretty easy to drop in the four horsemen relationships and the guy can predict with like 95 percent accuracy based on if one of these four elements show up it's like stonewalling um oh god i forget the other two and then the fourth one the big one is contempt so I guess I'm jumping to the punchline, which is if you're in a toxic relationship and you can't navigate your way out of that, it's better to hit the reset button and to start a new, fresh relationship. So I'm not shy about that, but I love seeing people work through it. I think that would be amazing. The impression I got from this was for you, it's if it's dysfunctional, if there's contempt, walk away. Now, I won't even go that far, like in terms of what I'm actually saying. I'm just saying that to me is very much an option on the table. But I think, so here's what I wanted to get to is you're like that with other aspects. So like even if I'm having a dispute with a friend or something, you say either accept who they are because they've done this before. So if you know they're like X, Y, and Z, why are you surprised again? You either need to accept that they're like that and love them for who they are or you need to break up, right? Um, And it's it's... So clear for you. And what I love is even, even though it could be difficult, you would still do it. And I think that that's me sometimes like it doesn't actually, it may not even come across that you're not saying it's going to be super easy. Um, but for you, it's like, even though it's not easy, you would do it because you know it's the right thing to do. And, and in reading this conversation, at least on the league, it seemed like people were like, Oh, you just say to walk away. Um, just break up, that's always an easy answer for you. But I actually don't think it's easy. You just have a strict rule in your head that if it's dysfunctional, walk away even if it's tough. Well, I'm glad that we're pushing on this and it's interesting and I would really love to like say something and have everybody be like, oh my God, like Tom, yay, he gets it. Here's the truth and uh, this is not going to make people happy. The people that are writing that are not going to like, I think, what I'm about to say, which is... When I step back and look at how people are in their relationships, in their relationships with their friends, in their relationships with their employer, in their relationships with their significant other, people tolerate a degree of dysfunction, which I find terrifying. And because I have a massive fear around being in a loveless marriage, like to me, just in terms of value system, what I value, 
I think that, and I'll say, especially if there's no kids in the relationship, like either put just a crushing amount of energy into developing relationship skills, working with a therapist, whatever, and really prioritize turning the tide in your relationship or break up. Because my thing is, I don't understand. And I, people are gonna discount that I just said, start by trying to fix it and put all your energy, all that. I'm just saying, people aren't doing that. And way gross overgeneralization, maybe everyone in this feed is. Maybe everyone in this feed is like of the type that they're gonna put in the work and that's why they resonate with the impact theory main show content, maybe they uh, dig the AMA stuff. And what you found interesting was they love me in that context, but then suddenly when I apply the same type of mm, thinking mm, mm. To, <coughs> to relationships, people have a hard time with it. Now, but that's exactly it. It's the same right, thinking. So let me finish. So the, my point is that what's happening is people don't, as a general rule, they don't apply the like standards and things that they would never accept in any other area in their life mm. to relationships. And I'm going way broad. I'm going to, uh, again, to your boss, um, coworkers, your um, family, your spouse, your significant other. People, they, they accept something that when I look at, it makes my skin crawl because I would just never be in that kind of relationship. Mm. Like when um, Vanessa Van Edwards talked about frenemies, and how that is the, the single most corrosive relationship you could have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people, some, the, what I see is the majority. Maybe it's 51%, maybe it's 99%. But the majority of people have the majority of their relationships in that some degree of dysfunction around that. And they're not like holding themselves to that standard. So it's like, when I go to give this feedback, 100%, I would love to ask more questions and really dig in and really find it. And from a compassion standpoint, I want like whatever they want. Like if they want to make it work, fuck yeah. Like let's make it work, let's dive in, let's figure it out, let's get a therapist, like let's really do the cycles. I'm, I'm just saying like, don't tolerate dysfunction. So whether it's, I'm way for people like working it out, 100% work it out. And somehow, even though I like to think I have always said, break up if you can't work it out. I'm saying, oh, we have a fundamental values misalignment that is causing catastrophe in our relationship, break up. Mm. I'm just saying there isn't like, there's no moral obligation to stay together. In fact, I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna say there is a moral obligation to structure your life in a way that you can have joy. That's my punchline, I will stop there. But I feel very strongly. I know, and that's actually so interesting because you're so right about when it comes to business, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, building something, there's certain um, mindsets that you have where you're like, you won't give. Like, this is what I would do no matter what. But in that same note, in doing that in your personal life, the same people that do really respond and it resonates with them about the business side of it, it doesn't the relationship side. And it's very interesting. And I actually get it though. Like to me, like the second it becomes about the heart, it's actually harder to make clear cut decisions. And that's why it's been um, tricky over the time navigating for me and you, our business relationship versus our personal relationship because there are some times where I will say something to you <clears throat> as a criticism about work or like a constructive criticism about work, but then I'll be like, oh, did I hurt his feelings? Oh, but I hope he doesn't, you know, and then my heart comes into play and then, it, then it's harder for me to be either harsh or be upfront about it. 
So I totally get where people come from, like why it's difficult. But I think that even if it's difficult, you, it's, you should stick to the same rules. Yes. That, that was my punchline is I get it. It's difficult. And trust me when I say I have compassion for anybody going through this. Like mm. I'm, not, I'm not being flippant. I, I just, I so worry for myself and for other people. I so worry about people getting into a bad relationship. Mm. Like, fix it, fix it. Like, first and foremost, love that, fix it, invest in that. It's worth it. It's worth the energy and the effort when there's something real. Not every relationship is worth the energy and the effort, but if there's something real and there's a deep bond and there's shared experience and, you know, love used to be right at the surface and doing that work, doing that work is way advantageous for a whole lot of reasons. My premise isn't, stay together or break up. My premise is structure your life and all of your relationships in a way that foster joy. Mm -hmm. And getting, like staying in a relationship is not a victory. Making a relationship healthy is a victory. Staying in a relationship Mm -hmm. is not a victory. And I feel like people think merely staying in or making it work is a victory. Do that, that is like, that, that is terrifying to me. Mm -hmm. And and I'm just gonna keep repeating myself, so I'm gonna stop. But that, yeah. We've got some great fan questions, so we can dive in. Guys, we're answering questions live, so just drop it in the comments below. I feel like I need to see. Oh, it's a bit. Yeah, I think we're. I look tiny. We're a little misangled here. Mm All right, so I'll read the question while you reframe us. Um, All right, so this is a kickoff question from Ben Lavoie. Okay, now I can sit back. Bravo, so. Um, I'm in a relationship that I know is ultimately not good for me, but I'm having a hard time letting go of it because it does have some good qualities. I always try and see the best in relationships. So I'm having a hard time breaking it off. Any advice? <laughs> so here's the thing. Like I, before you jump in, I want to say like before Tom, I absolutely was in, I've been in a long relationship. It was about four years, my first relationship and pretty much the only one other one before you. Um, and it's true, like, there were moments where it was so terrible, like, he was hateful, he wasn't nice to me, he was mean, he was cruel, and then one day he was lovely, and all of a sudden he was, like, romantic, and, like, he was sweet, and he was holding my hand, and I was like, maybe he's changed, and it's like, you so want to believe that that person has changed, because it does feel good, and in those moments of the relationship feeling good, you think, this is why I stayed, this is why I didn't leave, because I would miss out on this moment if I didn't stick it out, and then that only lasts for one or two days, and then it trickles off, and then the bad happens, and then you're like, but he was so nice last week, right, and so it becomes this vicious cycle of your mind, convincing yourself it's going to work out and convincing. Now, look, I was young, but I still very much get it because when you have the good days, you're like, see, this is why I stay. So in his question, whereas like he realizes it's not good for him, but it does have some good qualities. Like, how do you do that weighing? Go on. So again, if they were here, I'd ask a lot more clarifying questions. I really want to understand in what way is it not good for him? Um, Is this just a two-way dysfunction and they both have some relatively easy things that they need to work on and they can fix and really support each other and um, you know, and it becomes this beautiful thing in their lives, amazing. But when somebody says that it's not good for him, okay, he had a, a, all the words in the world he could have chosen in the English language, he chose, it's not good for me but it has good qualities. Okay, well, sugar is not good for you, but it's got some amazing qualities, but you should still stop eating it. 
So if it's not good for you, because here's my premise, and, and maybe this is what people don't understand when I give the advice. On the other side of the shitty relationship, there's an amazing relationship. There's somebody that you, you connect with, you feel safe with, you feel like they're your number one, and you get to share this life, and it becomes incredible. The, guys, I would burn this company to the fucking ground to be with my wife. Understand that. I am not conflicted in any way, shape, or form about what the best thing in my life is. So all of my advice is coming from maybe the delusional belief that you can go and get and create the kind of relationship that I have enjoyed. And I only have fear of loss of two things in my life. I don't fear losing my money. I don't fear losing the show or the company. (coughs) I fear brain damage and I fear losing my wife. That's it. And so I'm coming from that place of those things that I care so much about. I want them for everybody. And it's never going to be effortless. This takes a lot of energy and effort and time and investment for sure. So I'm not saying, oh, there's an easy relationship out there. There's not. But there's one that is so beautiful on the vast majority of the days where when you feel defeated, broken, alone, you need only turn to that one person and you can be raw and vulnerable and they're there for you and they catch you and they support you. And I can't tell you how many, in fact, I will say it like this. I would be a lesser man without my wife. Of that, I I am uncertain of many things in my life. That is not one of them. I would be a lesser man. I would have, become less of a businessman. I would be, have, be less secure in myself. I would have researched less. I have, would have taken less risks because I had this strong base. And every time, like when I was literally crippled by anxiety and I couldn't even tell a story in my living room to four members of my family, I, I was just panicking. I finally realized I had to confess to my wife and tell her, I'm terrified you're going to think I'm less of a man, but my anxiety has now gotten to the point where it is completely uncontrollable. And she didn't judge me. And like the heartbreak that she had for me and the way that she wanted to help me get back on my feet and that she made it clear she wanted to know that and she wanted to hear that and that that made her feel more deeply connected to me and that we were going to work through it together. And I was like, whoa, like what a fucking moment where I went from being a little bit guarded, even though we were years into our marriage at this point, I was still a little bit guarded and I had this real moment of vulnerability. Anyway, this is a lot of words around one simple topic. There is an amazing relationship for you out there. So when you say something like, it's not good for me, but it has good qualities, assuming that you listen to this content, you're getting the techniques, you understand how to go and make a relationship work, starting from a great place to me makes a lot more sense than trying to see if somehow, some way you can change each other and like change what are probably very fundamental qualities. I just, like that doesn't make sense to me. Guys, if this is bringing you value, please do click that share button. If you liked what he just said, click that share button. I would keep sharing it if I could, if I had it right in front of me. Or hate share it. I'm open to that too. We just want a bigger audience. (laughs) Want to bring more people in. Actually, when you were talking though, like I do like um, given analogies other people can relate to. And I think as you were saying it about like um, 
it's not good for you, but it has good qualities. I kind of think about like a job or a position that other people have where you're like, well, it does pay the bills and I do like a couple of my colleagues, but every day you're freaking miserable in the job. Like, you know, especially if you watch your content, that it would be like, leave the job, take the risk, take the plunge, like bring down your finances if you have to, um, but don't stay in something that makes you miserable. And I think that when it's job related, things like that, people really get it. But yeah, in um, topic of the heart, I think it's harder for people to make that analogy or at least that judgment call. And I think a lot of people do <clears throat> stay in jobs even that yeah. they don't love or that may be dragging them down. I certainly did for a very, very, very mm. long time. Because it's known, it's familiar. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll tell you guys a story. If there are any sports fans, unfortunately I can't tell you who it is, but one of the most famous people ever to play the game of football, certainly one of the greatest players ever to play the game of football, um, was telling me he, was, he had a job as a sportscaster. He was doing very well. He was making good money. He was making seven figures a year. And he went in and told his agent, <clears throat> I don't want to do it anymore. And his agent all but had a heart attack. And he was like, as long as I'm doing this, I can't do something bigger. Right. And so I need to walk away from this. <clears throat> and everyone advised him, this is a mistake, man. Like there was literally only one place higher, better, bigger that he could go. And he was like, exactly. But as long as I'm here, I'm never going to get right. that. And six months later... Where is he working? Top. Right. Of course. So it's like, and he was telling that story from a place of, look, I didn't know if it was going to work, but I just knew that there was more. There was, and now I'll bring it back to relationships. There's more connection. There's more beauty. And I am, I am not a person that's like, oh, I'm always looking for the next best thing. That is not my pitch. My pitch is it's not good for you. It's actively moving you backwards. Like one thing I told you never ever ever in our relationship will I ever be like looking for the the next girl who's prettier like a that would be really devastating for me as well because then I'm not going to be able to connect and invest in you and it would also be devastating to you if you felt like I was sort of always looking over your shoulder right like then we'd never have something mm -hmm. like what we have so that's not this pitch I I didn't serial date. Like, I've literally told exactly one person that I love you from a romantic standpoint, and that is you. So I just want people to create a relationship in their life, and I use that word very intentionally, that is beautiful. Mm. And because I think that that's so possible, that's where I always return. Yeah. What? All right, we've got some fan shout out. Fan shout out. Um, Toronto, Salem, is that how you pronounce it? Could be Massachusetts, Salem? could be Oregon, either one. India, Cape Brenton Island, I don't know where that is, That's shame on specific. me, and Canada. What's up, people? Thank you for tuning in. All right, for anybody in India, I'm trying to get a grip on the Indian comic market. If you know anything about <laughs> it, drop me a line. I actually had, I did a shout out like that one time, and somebody gave me some really powerful knowledge oh, about right. the Indian market. Uh, so anytime I see India in the house, India... And by the way, if we have anybody from China, I'm really trying to crack that market deal. So, and back to relationships. Yes. All right. Always an entrepreneur, Mr. Billy. Hey. Um, all right. So next question. We are answering live, guys. So just drop it in. If you've got any issues in regards to your relationship or if you're not sure about breaking up with someone or it's crossed your mind, drop it in and we'll answer your questions live. So this is from Bao Sarah Yang. How do you recover from a strong heartbreak to order to open up and love someone new in order maybe? in order yeah 
Um, I think for me, it's accepting that not everybody is the same. And just like kind of going back to your job and your family, and it's like not everything's the same. So you have to let go. In my opinion, you have to work to let go of your past relationship because you can't bring it into the new. Now, when I say that, I totally understand that there's going to be certain... Um, what's the word, trepidation behind it. Um, when I met you, I'd been in an emotionally abusive relationship, so I wasn't ready to just dive in. But you were, because you hadn't necessarily had a heartbreak. So when we first met, you were all in. You were like, come stay with me. Like, when you come back to America, come live with me. Um, you know, don't worry about paying for a place. And so <coughs> you, had all the, you were just excited and you were ready to dive in. But because I had been in a relationship that wasn't great, I was very cautious. So instead of just coming to America and living with him immediately, I came over and I rented a place that was literally two blocks from your house. And I just used to carry my pillow and my duvet cover and I would walk to your place like almost either every night or whenever and I would just stay at yours. But I just needed that part of me to have that just in case, right? And so just in case something happens and you're crazy or we have a big fight and now I'm in America and I don't have family to turn to, I need a backup plan. So I've got a house to turn to. But I knew not to let that affect me being open to going into the relationship with my heart because, um, yeah, I didn't want to be closed off, but it was difficult. So I just put little strategies in place to make sure that I had backup plans, but that I wasn't closing off to who you were and the potential of our relationship. Um, so, what about you? Yeah, so I'll go with um, just cathartic, like a cathartic process. So dealing with the heartache, I think, is really important and understanding what baggage is around that. I think there's a lot of sense of rejection and not being worthy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I've got to imagine that being blindsided by that, like I've thought a lot about like what, how would I react if um, you cheated on me or you know came out of nowhere and said like we have to break up like I would definitely I mean I'm wearing the shirt right now everything is my fault right so I'd be like whoa what did I do to leave her in that position and there would be some really difficult things to face in that so um, you need the cathartic moment of letting it out of feeling the grief of really feeling the pain but it, it needs to be something that's transient it needs to be like a wave passing over you it can't be a wave that you then try to surf and ride and cling on to and hold on to. Um, it's got to be something that you feel, you experience, and then you've just got to let it go. And so I would then be focusing on two things. One, letting it go and not letting it inform my identity. But then two, if I really look at it and assess and see that I am not yet the person that I want to be to attract the kind of person that I want to be with, that I would put my time and attention into that. So how do I become the kind of person um, that would, the kind of person I would want to be with, would want to be with? Mm. And that would make me feel in control, would make me feel like I could change, that the rejection, the sense of being unworthy was not a permanent state, that either I could reflect inward and say, um, you know, I'm, I'm not just defending myself here, like truly, um, I just think it was a mismatch, and so I'm, I'm not going to take it uh, personally. I'm not going to let it define me or damage my ego. Or I think that they've really got some points about where I'm at, and so I'm going to adjust, and I'm going to make changes. Um, and so that's where I would focus my energy. And then to just really, really agree almost violently with what you said about not bringing it into the next relationship, that's beyond critical. Mm. Yeah. 
All right. I had something else to say and it was so good as well and I forgot, I lost my train of thought. So I'll go on to the next question. Mm. Good, yeah. Oh well. Um, oh, would you rather segment? All right, guys, um, join in, drop in your comments as we do, or as we answer as well. We haven't seen them up front, so we're um, new to them as well. All right, would you rather? Would you rather break up unexpectedly or remain on the verge of a breakup for months? Ooh, unexpectedly rip the band aid off. Interesting. I'd rather be on the verge because then I would know, okay, I can do something about this. Like, I'd much rather you come and like say, hey, look, we're really getting into a dangerous spot. We need to adjust. And then I would pour myself into adjusting. Mm, that's interesting. See, yeah. I'm not always the breakup guy. Yeah. Mm. I guess it depends on um, if, I, if I can sense it, like, or if it was like, I feel like I'm so in love. And then you're like, later, that would. Yeah, I mean, one, that would be such a sign of just the most problematic element of your relationship is you don't communicate yeah which is another reason i wouldn't want that to happen it mm. just means that you know bad communicating yeah um all right would you rather experience one very harsh breakup or frequent uh breakup or frequent but only moderate upsetting breakups oh probably just one very harsh one i like just like to get it over with yeah i think people change from pain so i mm. think having the just like crushing one is the one that's really going to make you do the internal work yeah. to make change yeah so i'll take that yeah what about you guys drop it in drop it in all right would you rather Y'all never learn awesome. from Thank your you, would you rather never learn from your previous breakups or never learn from your previous business ventures oh god Ooh. um uh <laughs> you that's answer. You yeah. answer. <laughs> that's horrible and I hate this question. <laughs> um, here's, I have a weird relationship with ambition and love. So ultimately love is the thing that I care most about. But to like in my own sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if I'm not pursuing something and learning and progressing, <coughs> then I would have a real hard time. Like that would create a very deep sense of unease and I would not be able to be um, a great partner. I don't need to be succeeding in business. I need to feel like I'm progressing as a business person, if mm, that makes sense. Mm. So I don't mind losing at business, but I mind very deeply about feeling like mm, I'm stagnant, I'm not learning, like I'm not going where I want, I'm feeling like a loss of control and agency in my life. I think I would be a bad partner if I were stuck there. That's interesting because with love and relationship, it's not like we keep like, oh, we, we need to go further in our relationship. It's like, I love being here. We just need to make sure that when we have those ebbs and flows and we feel slightly disconnected that we then get back to that point versus with business, especially with you and I think that you just rubbed off on me, is that we're always looking to push further, right? It's like we never, even when we got second um, in the Inc. 500 with Quest, it was like, you guys never patted yourselves on the back, ever. And I always like, okay, let's just take a moment, let's just congratulate, feel good about this, and then move on. But it's always, how do I better? How do I do one better? And your quote that I absolutely love um, is, um, oh, the past, gone. You love it that much. Yeah, huh? what is it? The past. Oh, you can't ever let your past be bigger than your future. Right, but I never think that in our relationship. I never think, oh, like, right now, it's like we have to progress, we have to get better. I just think, we, we have been so tight, and I know what that's like, but we're never always there. So when there are times where it's busy or our lives are kind of taken off in slightly different directions, making sure we come back. I understand why people tell the movie Freaky Friday. Like every so many years it gets remade, 
because when you say statements like that, I so want you to experience what it's like to be me and vice versa. Like mm-hmm. I, because that's like a real thing for you. And I know that. I what know that, that about you. That sense of like we sort of drift and then we come back and we drift and we come back. I don't experience that. Really? Yeah. Like to you, we're always solid? Yep. Really? Yeah. And that's why wow. you always have to be the one. This is why I love the show, guys, because I had no idea. Like, I'm learning new things. That's why you always have to be the one that's like, hey, we're like getting disconnected right now. We really need to come wow. back. And yeah. And, and so like to see how effortlessly that is my perception and my experience. Like, I'm not doing a mantra, repeating some. Like, that just is I how I experience I should have known us. that. In fact, so here's a great story. And I should have known it from this. And I can't believe I didn't pick it up. But literally last week or the week before, we went to the Bahamas. You had a speaking gig. And we turn up. And he's been sick for three weeks. You were coughing? At that point, maybe more. Maybe more. So literally, he's been sleeping in the, the spare room so that he wouldn't wake me up, so that I wouldn't catch his cough or his whatever he had. And so for three weeks, he was sleeping in the other room. And so he's feeling better. We go to the Bahamas. I'm so excited. I'm like, I get to actually connect with him for once. Um, for once? I mean, for once in these last like three weeks where <laughs> no, we haven't no, no, even seen each other. No, no, but I think that other. that statement is very yeah, accurate 100%. to how you feel in those moments. As if we have never like connected before ever. <laughs> it's true. Heart if you can relate to me, guys. Um, so anyway, so then we go to the Bahamas. We get to our hotel room. I'm so excited. I'm like, we haven't slept in the same room, let alone in the same bed. So I'm really excited. We walk in and there's two double beds or two queen beds. Mm. It wasn't a king bed. So literally I walk in and I'm horrified and it's like 11 o'clock at night or something and there's like one receptionist and so the whole hotel is like really quiet and I'm heartbroken. And I'm like, oh, well, never mind. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, babe, we haven't slept in the same bed in like three weeks. I need to sleep with my husband. And you're like, well, it's just going to be one night. I'll deal with it tomorrow. And I was like, but I was so horrified and so upset. So you're like, all right, well, let's try and push the beds together. So bless you, you're like trying to push the bed together. It's one of those beds that are attached to the back. Yeah. So there was no pushing the beds together. So you could see how upset I was. So then he went to reception and then he was like, hey guys, can we get a room? They're like, sorry, we should out of luck. Um, and so he was like, oh well. And I was so upset. And I should have known from there because you're like, well babe, what's the big deal? Like we get to spend time together. We switch off the light and that's, but yeah, that's so interesting. That you didn't, I now get why you didn't relate. So yeah. 17 years something in. New, 17 years in, yeah. Um, all right, next. Oh, we've got another would you rather. Got chatting away on the other one. Would you rather have to see your ex every week after you break up or only get to see your current partner once a month? Oh, I mean, my ex, easy. I don't care. Yeah, so easy. Yeah. But some people, depending on how bad the break, if you'd asked me this question when I first broke up with my ex, it would have been very different. Um, all right, so next question. And guys, if this is bringing you value, click that little share button down there. Um, help spread the word of relationships. Um, okay, next question. Daniel Breeze, love Daniel. What do you think about breaking up with your best friend with the reason being that you feel like you need time to be alone or chase fulfillment? We had a great friendship and it's really difficult to lose a person who you really connected with and who you still find to be a wonderful person. Is it possible to stay friends? Was this a romantic relationship? I know, breaking up with your best friend. So I read that to mean like your platonic part. best oh. friend. As I but was... then the end of the question feels... All right, so assume that you it's your relationship. So yeah. you're with somebody, you dig them as a friend, you actually get along with them really well, you don't feel fulfilled, mm-hmm. they feel like they're holding you back, but there's no heart flutter. Yeah. Um, do you think that you could stay friends with them still? 
it has not been my experience. How about that? That you can stay friends. Yeah, but like Dr. Finesse, he's got exes that he seems to have completely emotionally stable relationships with. So it it seems like people can do it. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, because my circle of friends is so small, like if I were dating somebody romantically and I wanted to get past that and date somebody else, that it just wouldn't occur to me to put in the energy and effort to stay friends. But you actually stayed friends. So in fact, I just remembered when we first started dating, mm -hmm. we were together for maybe what, two, three weeks or something like that. And he's like, hey, I've been invited to this dinner. Do you want to come with me? Um, oh, and heads up, it's my ex-girlfriend. Right, but have I stayed in contact no, with No, no. But, but what That's I, what I'm saying. But let me just finish for a second. But what I was going to say is I didn't have any jealousy and maybe it was because I wasn't in love with you so there wasn't that emotional sure. connection. But I actually really respected you because you were so nonchalant about it. Like, And there was no... You didn't think of it as being weird. And because you didn't think of it as being weird, it kind of made me go like, huh. Like, you don't get hung up on all these different things of like, oh, but I dated her and now this is my new girlfriend. And we walked in and you held my hand and you introduced me like, hey, this is Lisa. And you were just so sweet. And it was one of those moments, actually, that I can look back on and say, that's why I fell in love with you. Because you weren't trying to make her jealous. You weren't mm. trying to make me jealous. You actually genuinely like, hey, here's someone that I've, keep like I know they're having a party I want to take you with and you seem proud to be with me and so I really remember that being like a marker in my mind of who you were as a person um but yeah so I know I didn't really answer the question no I mean it's an interesting insight into um sort of what I'm saying which is that friends take effort if I'm breaking up with the person it's not like I would be averse. I, I don't want you as a friend. Nothing like that. It just, they wouldn't get my time and attention. Mm. And because I think people take an investment of time and attention, that's the one part that And Daniel both people replied, would have he said to be, it is a romantic relationship. Okay. So both people would have to be like on the same, like they would both have to be like, yeah, this relationship has run its course. It's been amazing. And I really do value the friendship side. So... And if people are both equally on that level, I don't see why they couldn't. Mm. Um, I just don't, you don't see it very often. Um, and then purely from my perspective, because I just, from a time and energy perspective. And I think you really need to dig deep and say like, what is it that makes you want to stay friends? Like, are you just like hoping that you go find yourself and then you come back? So you're kind of keeping them close by. Like, oh no, I really, you know, like do really like hanging out with them. I just need to go explore. And then when I come back, they're going to be there for me. Cause that's actually like not fair, not fair on them. Um, so yeah. Boom. All right. Next question. This is from John Joseph. Just got out of a toxic give, give, give relationship. For those still battling this issue or maybe myself in the future, what are some clear cut signs that the relationship is toxic and can't be solved? So I will say that like a big part of our, I guess unspoken, but I guess we're speaking about it, um, is that like it has to be give and take. So I will... Um, what would you look for? What would I look for? What, he's looking for the signs. Yeah, so I guess it would be how much time and effort and energy am I putting into the relationship and do I feel like they're doing the same? Because I do think it has to be equal. And um, like for me and you, I put a lot more time and effort into thinking about 
when we're going to hang out, our quality time. Um, but you do things for me in return. It's just not the exact same thing, but you do do things for me. And so it's not like I feel like I'm giving, 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 and then you're just taking. Um, so I would look for emotional excitement. So are they emotionally excited to be around you? Do they want to communicate with you? Do they want to learn about you? When you tell them what your um, language of appreciation is, when you tell them what your love language is, do they then act in accordance with that? Like once they understand that your love language, let's say, is touch, um, do they then touch you more? And do they try to communicate in that way? And looking for that, looking for them being receptive to learning about you and then acting in accordance with that, I think is just absolutely critical. And that's something that I think um, most people would give themselves away there. If they're not listening, if they're not responding, when you tell them uh, what you want, that's probably a bad sign that either they're just not that into you or they're just, they have a really hard time um, engaging in a relationship to that level because that kind of communication is the key. And I don't know, maybe some people really are just that selfish because that would be such a turnoff for me from the jump. I would never pursue it. Um, but I like to think that some of that stuff is happening by accident. And so if you broach the subject of communication, that that might really be the problem. Mm -hmm. And so I would really judge people around their ex their emotional excitement around me and my needs and all of that um, and how much they want to listen and um, their willingness to communicate. I, I would look for that. And also like in a long enough timeline, how much is happening on, like how much is one-sided? Because I think there is gonna be times where you're struggling, so I'm gonna be like, okay, I need to be there for him. I can't think about myself. And like even take my health issues, right? It's like. For a long time, it was like, babe, can I get you something? What do you need? Okay, I'll come to the doctors with you. And after a while, like, I recognized that, like, wow, you're being very attentive to me and I have to reciprocate, right? Because sure, I can use the excuse, quote unquote, of being sick. But at some point, I mean, it's been like three years. So I have to, even back then, I was like, I don't know how long this is going to take. So if this is one month, two months, three months, like, I cannot keep playing the you need to be attentive to me because I'm sick. That almost negates or kind of pushes you out of this being a two-way street. So even though I was sick, I remember that light bulb going off into my head thinking he needs attention too. And so there's going to be limits of what I can do because of my health, but I need you to know that I am thinking about you too. And so in those situations, and you didn't even say anything to me. And actually, in fact, would you have? Yeah, if there was something I needed to communicate, I would for sure. But let's say after three, four months, it became more like just more about me and my health, more about me and my health, and you were feeling like neglected. Would you have said something? Um, only if I really felt like I needed that attention because I feel a tremendous sense of obligation around my identity, mm -hmm. around what it means to protect someone that you love to really push and solve that problem. And if you needed that time and space, like it would be important for me to do that. And so what a gift it is when you think like that. I mean, it's it's so, it's one of those things that you just don't get enough credit for and I want oh, you to know how meaningful that is. Um, but no, I'd have a very long leash for that. Hmm, yeah. I think because you'd probably feel bad that it's like, well, she's sick, so I can't really. Well, she's sick and I haven't solved the problem. Hmm. Going back to your t-shirt, everything's your fault. Truth. Yeah. But to be honest, for me, I literally just put myself in your shoes. And I was like, yeah, it freaking sucks when you're sick, but 
at the same time, like you cannot be blinded to your own feelings and emotions. And I think that over time it would wear, like if I put myself in your shoes, it would wear on me. Like I would want you to just think of me. And I don't think I would necessarily speak up in that moment because I would feel bad about like, shit, he's sick, so I can't really say anything. Um, but I think that it's important, um, at least at the time when I was thinking about it, like it's important that he knows that he's being thought of and that this relationship is two ways. Um, because even though there's something, there's nothing I can do right this second, um, that doesn't mean that you're not part of this two-way street. Right. So. All right, next question. This comes from Juan Ignacio de Luca. Can a breakup make you realize that you really want to be with that person after a few months of being separated? Yes, of course. Um, I do think, though, that that's a little bit of the absence makes the heart grow fonder. And, and mm. something tells me that if you, when you were there and you had it and you're with them, that you really didn't want to be around them anymore, that that's the true state. And that it's kind of like when you're starving, just about any food seems good. When you're satiated, then all of a sudden decisions that you might make that are bad, um, you wouldn't make. Um, so I have a really tacky example, but they always tell younger men to, um, level yourself out before you go out on a date so that you don't make stupid decisions. Uh, and I always thought, and yeah, that's actually pretty good advice. Women, I didn't shave my legs. Yeah. I don't shave my legs. or oh, I never used to on the first date. Cause it was like, the, I recognize the emotion and the chemicals that can right. happen during a first day. I mean, me and you freaking sparks everywhere. Like I was so smitten with you after that first day, but I didn't shave my legs because I knew like, I can't try, not that I can't trust myself, but you'll get caught, but up, I get in caught yeah. up in it. And so, yeah, what you said, the, the female equivalent for me was I didn't shave my legs. Yeah. And I get it. And I think that the reverse of that. It's basically emotions will grow. Mm. And if you're making a decision at a heightened emotional moment, such as loneliness or missing mm. somebody, then you go back, but then you realize, oh yeah, when I'm here and I have it, I'm reminded of why I didn't want it. So it's, you're responding to loneliness more than you're responding to that mm. person. And so I think that that's where people get themselves into trouble. So, um, yeah. It reminds me of um, Nestle Lucan that we had on our episode. And I freaking love this. She basically said when she was younger and she would fall and, um, you know, hurt herself or whatever. And she would go to her mom and she was like, I want to quit. I want to quit. And her mom's like, you know what? It's absolutely fine. You absolutely can quit. But quit when, quit when you're having a good day. Yeah. And I love that because it's like when you're feeling low, that's when you want to make drastic moves. That's when you want to like quit, leave your job, um, whatever it may be. But that cloudiness, at least I call it cloudiness for me, um, is pure emotional. And so I loved it when she said that. And just what you said is like, do it when you're not feeling alone, mm. right? Do it when you're actually having a good day. When you're having a good day with them, then look at your relationship and really analyze it. At least, Word. yeah, I loved it when she said that. Um, all right, so that is all we have, people. That was a terrible ending. I was like, any more questions? Nope. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for submitting the questions and for playing along with us during the Would You Rather segments. And thank you for sharing. That's huge. We're very, very grateful for that. And if you guys... 
Go ahead. I was going to say, and drop in the comments, guys, if there's subjects you want us to touch on. And we're always looking for new questions and new subjects that people really want to, us to tackle. So drop in the comments if you have something that we, you want us to answer. Nice. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Peace out. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.